BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today here on VCY America. Our primary focus today is going to be a call to remember the Reformation, and we're going to get to that in just a short while. But in the meantime, please know tensions are mounting in multiple countries in the Middle East and around the world. I mean, just hours ago... There was another rocket barrage landed, uh, or launched against central Israel, Hamas taking credit for this attack. As more time unfolds since the October 7th attack, barbaric accounts continue to unfold as to what Hamas did to Israel. In the meantime, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel rallies have been occurring all around the world, including right here in the United States. Even the U.N. Secretary General has, has blamed Israel, saying, you know, you should not, you know, launch these uh, attacks, you know, against Israel. But kind of like Israel had this is coming, it's, 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 it's by all the actions that Israel has done. Various voices have called for a ceasefire. The Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, just said uh, just a short while ago this evening, uh, the, uh, this evening in Israel time, uh, calling for uh, the calls for a ceasefire, he said, are calls for Israel to surrender. He spoke to the foreign media saying, quote, the Bible says there's a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war. Well, joining us today, we welcome back to Crosstalk Mike Gendron, founder and director of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. Mike was a devout Roman Catholic for over three decades, and he was taught you've got to respect the authority of the church, and that's above everything else. Well, Mike searched the Scriptures, and you know what, friends? He found that what he read in the Scriptures was contradicting the teaching and the tradition of the church that he had been a part of for so long. He placed his trust in Jesus Christ as his Savior, and the Bible has become his sole authority in all matters of faith. Mike is the author of a couple of books, Preparing for Eternity, Contending for the Gospel. Uh, he has numerous uh, DVDs out and, and warnings concerning false teachings versus the truth of scriptures. Mike, thank you for joining us here today on Crosstalk. Well, Jim, thanks for having me. We're living in very exciting times. In fact, we may be the most blessed generation that's lived since the time of Christ. We may see the Lord returning any moment. And what a blessing that would be, Mike. And uh, we, we're going to look a little bit later at uh, remembering the Reformation, and this is very important for us to do. But at the same time, we don't want to neglect what's, what's transpiring right now in our world, uh, the focus in on Israel, the focus on the Middle East. Mike, you were actually in that region of the world as this began to unfold October 7th. Yes, we were. We were on a Bible Lands cruise in Originally, we were supposed to go directly into Israel and then do the footsteps of Paul after that, but the itinerary of the cruise line changed, and we did Paul's journeys first, and then we were planning to go into Israel second. Well, if we'd have been on the original itinerary, we would have been in Israel when the bombing started, and so we just praised God for his providence and how he protected us. We had over 4,000 people on the cruise ship that would have been there in Israel during the bombing mm. had it not changed. So we thank the Lord for that. Indeed. Uh, Mike, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what's unfolding here, uh, and we'll be going more in depth on some programs this week, but I saw a headline of an opinion column on townhall.com yesterday saying, something awful is brewing, uh, talking about an increasing number of countries that are now making moves to get engaged in this war, and on top of that we see these pro-Hamas, anti-Israel rallies around the world, including here in the United States, that, that headline of something awful is brewing uh, caught my attention there, and just unfold for us what, you, what you're seeing at this time. Well, sure. It really goes back to the longstanding battle between uh, Isaac and Ishmael. And, you know, if you look at biblical history, we can see that this conflict has been going on, and it really comes down to who has the right to the land of Israel. Islam was formed out of Arab paganism, and its roots can be traced back to Ishmael and Esau. And the religion that was founded by Muhammad in the late 6th century is really a socio-political religious system. Their goal is to convoke, 
convert the world into an Islamic society. And so it was not too long after the religion became established that the Muslims conquered the land of Israel in 637 A.D. And so many people don't know, but Muslims believe any land conquered in the name of Allah must remain in the possession of Islam. And so since 1948, the growing and never-ending conflict has been centered on who has the right to the land. The Jewish people believe they have a long-standing and exclusive right, and that's because they point to the title deed for the land and the inspired word of God. It was the Lord who made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. And that comes from Genesis 15. We see in Genesis 17 that this is an everlasting possession that God gave to the Jews. But more currently, I think it comes down to who are the Palestinians? And a lot of people don't realize, but in the second century, it was the Roman Emperor Hadrian who decided to punish the Jews by changing the name of Judea to Palestine. And this has nothing to do with the modern-day Palestinians who didn't even exist at the time. But Arab nations tried to destroy Israel after it was renamed an independent nation in 1948. And it was during this time that many of the Arabs began migrating back to Israel. And so we have to recognize that there has never been a Palestinian state there's never been a Palestinian language. There's never been a Palestinian culture. And no Arab state has ever had Jerusalem as its capital. In fact, the Quran never even mentions Jerusalem, yet the Bible cites it over 800 times. And so Palestinians as a people group were never mentioned until 75 years ago. So, Jim, here's the issue. These historical facts have been replaced with Palestinian propaganda which has been dispersed throughout Western media and academia alike. And that's why we're seeing so many riots in our country. Yeah, we really are. And very tragic things. The threats against uh, Jewish students uh, has been increasing as well. But Mike, that headline, Something Awful is Brewing, really should be a reminder to us of God's judgment that is going to come to this earth. It's so true. And for In fact, um, when you look at the prophecy for Israel, the Jewish people will have to endure much more persecution and tribulation in the years ahead. But after that, our merciful God has a glorious future for those who will call upon him to be saved. In fact, our Lord declares that even two-thirds of the Jewish people shall be cut off and perish, and the one-third remaining shall be left alive, and they will look upon the one they've pierced, and then all Israel will be saved. But before that happens, Jim, as you know, there's going to be a lot more persecution and tribulation. Indeed. Mike Genderman with us here today. And Mike, I had forwarded to me an image that has been circulating on social media. And uh, it's a very large image of the Virgin Mary with her hands together in prayer. And the headline over this reads, Pass Her On. The Entire World Needs Her. Mike, is, is this where our hope lies? Well, if you listen to Pope Francis, yes, that would be the affirmation. But we know that the Roman Catholic religion is an apostate form of Christianity. The Pope is probably the most influential and powerful false prophet in the world today. But I just read a headline where he is calling the world to pray the rosary for the peace in the Middle East. And the rosary, of course, is praying 53 prayers to Mary and so that's why we see this focus on Mary rather than on Christ. And, Mike, sadly, that's taking place, and many are turning and sending this image around even. And so you're saying pray the rosary, or that the Pope is saying that, and thinking this is where our hope lies for this world. But, uh, Mike, let's let's backtrack some 500-plus years. Uh, and uh, as we remember the Reformation, it was October 31st of 1517, uh, a monk by the name of Martin Luther posted these 95 theses on the door of the 
Wittenberg Church. This uh, action started what is now known as the Protestant Reformation. Uh, he uh, defended the Scripture, the, the just shall live by faith. But let's begin by understanding what, what was going on at that time. What were the events that led up to this, what we now know as the Reformation? Well, sure. Martin Luther, who was a very devout Roman Catholic priest, was outraged that salvation was being sold like any other commodity in the marketplace. In fact, that was really what triggered the Reformation, was the selling of God's forgiveness through indulgences. And, Jim, I'd just like to share that this this first lie of indulgences that Martin Luther uncovered when he nailed his 95 Thesis to the church door in Wittenberg, it was a result of the first lie of Satan in the Garden of Eden when he said, you surely shall not die if you break God's command. And so the Catholic Church took that lie of the devil and it created a doctrine of venial sins. And so this venial sin tells Catholics they won't die. And so the Catholic Church had to create a place where Catholics go after they die physically, and they created purgatory, and that's where venial sins are purged away. And so the Catholic Church had to come up with a way to get them out of purgatory, so they created the doctrine of indulgences, and that's the remission of temporal punishment for sin. Well, Jim, we know from the Bible that all sins are mortal, that the soul that sins will die, the wages of sin is death, and yet the Catholic Church perpetuates the lie of the devil in the garden with its doctrine of venial sin. And that was the spark that caused the Reformation. And praise God for the Reformers that recognized the whole doctrine of justification was wrongly taught by the Catholic Church. In the 16th century, the Catholic Church said, if you want to be saved, it's grace plus merit, faith plus works, um, Jesus plus other mediators, and it was according to Scripture plus tradition, and glory was going to God and to Mary and the saints. Well, the Reformers, having read the Scriptures and been converted to Christ, they recognized that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, all for the glory of God alone. And it was so there was this great understanding of the doctrine of justification that caused the Reformation to endure 500 years later. Yeah, so indeed, um, this was—and that the, those five that you went through, that's known as the five solas, correct? That's correct. And and this is something that Martin Luther clung to, and, and uh, Mike, as he looked at this sacrament of, of penance for an issue and, and, and talked about purgatory, uh, do we see Scripture addressing these—promoting uh, penance or promoting purgatory in any regard? Well, not at all. In fact, the uh, the Latin Vulgate, the first Roman Catholic Bible, actually transliterated the word repent into penance. And so that's why Catholics must do penance in order to have their sins forgiven. But there's no mention of penance in the Bible, and there's no mention of purgatory, and that's because there's no intermediate place between heaven and hell. Those who repent and believe the gospel have the promise of eternal life with the Savior in heaven, and those who reject Christ or who are deceived by a false and fatal gospel, they will endure the eternal punishments of hell. There is no middle ground, and that's why we have such a compassion for Roman Catholics who are being deceived this way. We've got to take a quick break here. Mike Gendron with us here today on Crosstalk as we remember the Reformation back in one minute here on the VCY America Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, how fast did the animals migrate away from Ararat after Noah's flood? Chris, the Bible tells us that after the flood, God commanded the animals to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And that they did, migrating to fill the earth. There are some modern-day examples of rabbit animal spreadings, several coming from the island continent of Australia, which until recently had no mammals. Now rabbits are nearly epidemic. Another example would be a particular kind of toad that was introduced in Australia back in the 1930s and then just 10 years later was observed over a 1,000 miles away. Surely the biblical concept of migration to fill the earth is not only possible but quite plausible. Besides that, it's true 
because we're told about it back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more info on Genesis, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. Listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, Mike Gendron with us today from Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. He is a founder and director of this ministry, a former Roman Catholic. And uh, friends, as we are coming upon the anniversary of the Reformation, uh, going back to the year of 1517, we know that uh, a life uh, has been changed. Uh, a, a turning point happened in this world as a result of this Reformation. We'll be getting more into this here in just a moment. But Mike, uh, uh, the uh, challenge Luther gave uh, was not silent even against the Pope himself. No, it wasn't. In fact, Many people recognize uh, his quote in 1521 at the Diet of Worms. Luther appeared before the Roman Emperor Charles V and all the Roman Catholic bishops, and he stated, Unless I am convinced by Scripture, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. On this I take my stand. I can do no other. Mm. And so it was Scripture that was the focus of all the Reformers. In fact, it was the ignorance of Scripture that made the Reformation necessary and the recovery of Scripture that made the Reformation possible. And it was the power of Scripture that gave the Reformation its enduring impact even today. Did Luther ever recant of of the things that he was accused of? No, he wouldn't, because uh, unless uh, it was proven to him from Scripture, he stood on the Word of God alone. Why was the Church so antagonistic toward the Scripture itself? Well, it was because their tradition was um, actually elevated above Scripture, and they recognized that Scripture could not have the authority over their ungodly traditions. And so even today, when you have Roman Catholic authority, you see that they have three that are said to be equal, but it's the bishops of the Church that sit above Scripture and tradition, and they twist and distort Scripture so that it conforms to their ungodly tradition. Do you believe that the Reformation was necessary? Do I believe what? That the Reform- the Reformation, that it was necessary? Oh, definitely. In fact, um, the the Bible was not available to the people, and so one of the things the Reformation accomplished was placing the Bible back in the hands of the people, And it was necessary because the Catholic Church had distorted the gospel, and as a result, it was under divine condemnation. And we see that from Galatians 1, 6-9. And we also know the Reformation was necessary because the Catholic priests were false mediators who continued the work of redemption on an altar that the Lord Jesus finished on the cross. And so that's why one of the solas is Christ alone. (laughs) <laughs> because Catholics had other mediators they were going through rather than the one mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, what was the fate of those who would not give sway to the to the Roman Catholic Church? Well, they, they were excommunicated. Um, you know, Martin Luther wanted to reform the Roman Catholic Church, but ultimately, when the truth was setting people free, the Roman Catholic Church placed the Bible on the list of forbidden books at the Council of Trent. Now, your listeners would probably be wondering, why would a church that names the name of Christ place his word on the list of forbidden books? It's because, according to Jesus in John chapter 8, those who abide in his word are true disciples of his. They will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. And so the Catholic Church recognized the truth of Scripture was setting its people free, and so they banned the Bible. Mike, why are you bringing this up now? I mean, why not let bygones be bygones? This was 1517. Uh, the, the Bible says we are to be unified. Uh, we see the conflict that's happening right now in the Middle East. And, and why, why remember this? Why open up old wounds? Because the eternal destiny of 1.3 billion precious souls hangs in the balance. Roman Catholics need to recognize that Scripture is the authority for knowing the truth, and there's only one gospel that saves, and that's the gospel of 
the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone, nothing can be added to the finished and perfect work of Christ. Anyone who does add to that has nullified the only means by which God will save them. Paul made that clear clear in Romans 11.6. If it is by grace, it's not of works. Otherwise, grace is not grace. And so we need to make Catholics aware that the Catholic Church went into apostasy officially and dogmatically at the Council of Trent. And you can read the 100 anathemas that condemn born-again Christians for believing the true gospel. And so more than ever, I think we need to rally the body of Christ to reach out to this huge mission field. So many people today are confused. They don't know if the Catholic Church represents a mission field or if it's a Christian denomination made up of brothers and sisters in Christ. And and leading to that confusion, Mike, are those who are who are, are trying to, in essence, reverse the Reformation. I mean, there's all kinds of unity accords that have come about uh, through through many, many decades and in years. We're seeing just a renewed push for this regard. Uh, would you comment on this issue, please? Well, sure. Ever since 1994, we've seen the convergence of Roman Catholicism with evangelical Christianity. We've had leading evangelical leaders signing unity accords, daring to say that we share a common faith in the gospel with Roman Catholics. And this is the furthest thing from the truth, because the gospel of the Catholic Church, as I mentioned, is under divine condemnation. They've added to the all-sufficient work of Christ, and according to Paul's letter, they are under divine condemnation for distorting the gospel. And so it's gotten so bad that evangelical leaders are making comments such as this. This is by a a pastor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The rift that occurred between Catholics and Protestants 500 years ago is theological pettiness. We'll have plenty of time in heaven to figure out who is right about purgatory and Mary, The Pope was a man of God whom all Christians should admire, thank, and emulate. Now, Jim, this was a pastor from a conservative theological seminary in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so his 3,000 people looked at the Roman Catholic Church as a Christian denomination that did not need to be evangelized. So what what is the danger with that, Mike? What's really at stake? Well, again, the the danger is the glory and honor of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone who adds to his all-sufficient work of redemption is insulting him because he went to the cross after living a sinless, perfect life, obeying the law perfectly. He took on man's sin. He suffered in their place. He died as a substitute for all those who would put their faith in him and then the great exchange happens, as we read in Second Corinthians 5.21, He that is Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so the two things that keep anyone out of heaven, Jim, are they have an eternal sin debt that finite man could never pay, but if they trust in the infinite God-man Christ, he cancels the eternal debt. But then that only gets them out of hell, Now they need perfect righteousness to get into heaven because in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17, the righteousness of God is revealed and God requires perfection. So Jesus gives us his righteousness as a gift, according to Romans 5, 17. And I call it the great exchange. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's why this is important. If uh, anyone is listening, I, I pray they have a greater compassion for those who have been deceived by a false and fatal gospel, and they would have a desire to reach out to them. And that's my hope. That's my prayer. That's what our ministry is all about, to equip the body of Christ to reach out to this huge mission field. Mike, in the Scripture talks in Second Timothy about uh, you know the perilous times in which uh, you know last days perilous times will come and it goes through and lists those matters and it talks about uh, in a verse in that chapter talks about be, uh, deceived and being deceived and seeing that growing deception take place. Do you believe that this is really part of that deception? Well, for sure. In fact, the Lord Jesus 
when the apostles asked him, what will be the signs of your return? He mentioned many signs, but the one sign he mentioned three times was that of great deception. False teachers, false Christ, false prophets would come and deceive even the elect if possible. So that's how important it is to contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints in the first century, to stand on the truth of God's Word just as the Reformers did, and we need to proclaim the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus in its completeness, its purity, so that sinners can repent and believe in it. Friends, uh, we're going to be opening our phone lines in just a short time and give some extended time on the phones where you can ask my questions on the, the very issues that uh, are talking about today, remembering the Reformation. Time does not permit us to go through uh, the theses by theses that was attached to the door of the Wittenberg Church, but but uh, we'll be taking your questions here momentarily. Before we open our phone lines, though, Mike, I do want to uh, let individuals know that you've got some resources that you have discounted to, to really be a help to them on, on the topics that we're talking talking about today. Uh, we, you know, we talked about Israel in the early part of the program, but, but also about the Reformation itself. So tell us about the DVDs you have today. Well, sure. Our most popular DVD every year this time is called Why Are Evangelicals Reversing the Reformation? And it really is a call to contend earnestly for the faith, because in this DVD, we not only talk about what we've shared so far today on the program, but also we give those who will watch the DVD in exhortation to contend earnestly for the faith and don't let these evangelical leaders be successful in reversing the Reformation. The second DVD has to deal with God's faithfulness to Israel, and we know that um, all the eyes of the world are once again focused on Israel and Jerusalem, and that will be the case until the Lord Jesus comes to establish peace and so in this DVD, I talk about all the prophecies concerning Israel's future, not only its uh, glorious future when they look upon the Lord they've pierced, but also the prophecies dealing with the coming persecution and tribulation. So these are available to all VCY listeners at a discount, and you can go to our website, proclaimingthegospel.org, or you can call us after the program is over at 817-379-5300. And we just want to equip the body of Christ during these times mm -hmm. of excitement. We're seeing prophecy unfolding before our eyes. We know the end is near. And Jim, more than ever, we need to be witnessing to the lost because when the Lord comes for his church, the gospel witness will be removed from the earth. So if we have loved ones, we need to share the gospel with them now while we can. Friends, again, those are two separate DVDs. Why are evangelicals reversing the Reformation? Mike's discounted that on his website for just $10. There's a bonus message on there, which gospel do you believe? And then the other one is God's faithfulness to Israel. Uh, that's a separate DVD with a bonus message on it, Satan in Bible Prophecy. A very interesting topic there. Either one is $10. You can go to proclaimingthegospel.org, click on Store, then click on Video Messages, and you'll see these listed on the DVDs there. That's proclaimingthegospel.org, click on Store, and then on the Video Messages, and you'll find other resources available there. Plus, they will be sending you a tract, Have You Ever Been Deceived? We'll tell you more about that, but let me get out our phone number to Crosstalk, our number 800 733-9829. Your questions from Mike today, 800-733-9829. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. Israel. It's only about the size of New Jersey, yet it makes headlines all over the world. Throughout history, many attempts have been made to annihilate the Jews. Threats continue today to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yet none of these attempts have ever succeeded. In the book, Miracle of Israel, authors Gary Frazier and Jim Fletcher present the shocking, untold story of God's love for His people. The authors take you back to Israel past, focusing on God's promise to Abraham, the entry into the promised land, and the message of the prophets. You'll read of Israel present, with events leading up to and including Israel becoming a nation. 
and you'll read of Israel's future, the Gog and Magog War, the Great Tribulation, and the Millennial Kingdom. Miracle of Israel is available for a donation of $17 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Mike Gendron with us here today from Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry based in the uh, Dallas area. And um, friends, you can uh, obtain those DVDs uh, through their website. We will give you his phone number at the end of the program. Can't call it now. He's on the line with us. So uh, at the end of the program, a number where you may also call and order these. But Mike, if somebody gets one or both of these DVDs, they can do that, that reduced cost of $10 each. But you also, for those who uh, contact you today uh, to request one of the DVDs, you're also sending uh, your, your uh, tract a pamphlet, Have You Ever Been Deceived? That's correct, because um, with this growing deception, we really need to ask that question to people that we meet. And the only way we can know if we've been deceived is to be confronted with the truth. And we're truth bearers. We need to confront people lovingly with the truth of God's Word. Friends, our lines are packed, so as soon as you hear a caller finish with us here, that will be your opportunity to call in on the line. Write it down, 800-733-9829. Randy is calling from Grafton, West Virginia. Randy, you're on the air. Yes, uh, I I have a comment. I'd like to, well, a question. I'd like to know if the Pope could find, let's say, a peaceful solution to the current war in Israel, how would that uh, affect his image in the eyes of the world? Okay, thank you. Well, that's a good question, but there is no human possibility for peace in the Middle East, and that's because, as I stated earlier, the battle going on now is between Islam, who claims the land because it was conquered under the name of Allah, and the title deed was given to the Jews, and so there will be no peace till the Prince of Peace returns, and he will settle it by establishing peace once and for all. But Mike, let's bring deception into our picture here, because there is going to be one that is going to offer peace, known as the deceiver and antichrist. You're right, Jim, and I believe that that false peace, and that's what the Bible calls it, will be antichrist who confirms the land covenant, and so he will pacify the Jews by confirming that land covenant, we don't know what he was going to do with the Muslims, but there will be a false peace for three and a half years. Okay, so if that's what you're referring to, uh, a caller, uh, that there is going to be, but it's not true peace, not a true lasting peace until Jesus Christ uh, returns. Uh, Sonny is next in Harleysville, Pennsylvania. You're on the air. Thank you, sir. Thanks for your ministry. I appreciate it. Um, are you or is your uh, <clears throat> guest familiar with the Lucifer Project that this Pope, the Jesuit Pope, has pursued regarding uh, the telescope in Arizona. No, I'm not familiar with that. The, uh, the Lucifer Project, it's an acronym for basically they're looking for a interstellar uh, alien spaceship that is to be delivering the uh, Jesus to the earth. It sounds nuts. Look it up. It's called the Lucifer Project. It has to do with the largest telescope that is available to scan the skies. It was and so originally you, they had one in uh, Rome at the Vatican. When they had this opportunity in the States, they took advantage and they are part ownership with this telescope. Thank you, Sonny. Appreciate that. Uh, Maxine is next. Connie at Ohio. You're on the air. Uh, thank you. I have a couple questions. If you, I have family that are Catholic in my family, and how do you really approach them lovingly? Sure, Maxine. The best way to do that is asking questions. We need to establish the Scriptures as their supreme authority for knowing truth, and you can ask them, what is your authority for truth? Then you need to establish the sufficiency of our Lord Jesus Christ because they will be unwilling to let go of what they're doing to save themselves until they know that Christ has done it all. And the third thing to consider is the promise of the gospel is eternal life, and that should be good news to Catholics who do not have eternal life. They only have conditional life. So I would approach them with those three principles, but asking questions along the way. 
Now, are those in your DVDs? They're in my book, Preparing for Eternity, and also in another DVD that you can find on our website, Evangelicals and Catholics, What's the Difference? Yeah, and, All right. And we do have my book available here through VCY America as well. Uh, it's called Preparing for Eternity. Uh, you can reach out to our switchboard here at 800 729 Nine eight two nine and Maxine, you had one more question here. One more question. I was wondering, have you researched the rapture? Because that's not supposed to be in the Bible either. Well, the word is not there, nor is the word Trinity, Mike. But so, um, comment on that if you would. Well, sure. The, the the taking away of the church by the Lord Jesus Christ as we meet Him in the air is mentioned in First Thessalonians. Chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, it's called the, the snatching away. We also see that in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50, 51 to 58, and that's in the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed and we'll meet Christ in the air. The third place is found in John 14, verses 1 to 4. Jesus said, I must go, and he, when he's gone, he's building a place for us, but he will return and take us to himself. And so those are the three places, and we can be ready for the rapture any moment, which is why we need to be doing the Lord's work and evangelizing the lost. Thank you for the call here today. And uh, again, uh, Mike spoke preparing for eternity. Uh, we do have that available, a donation of $17 to Crosstalk, available uh, uh, at uh, 800-729-9829, or go to uh, crosstalkamerica.com. You'll find that in the store there as well. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Randy, thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, Randy, go ahead, please. I haven't heard of so much recently, but I have where it seemed like there was a trend of politicians and celebrities who are Protestants becoming Catholics. You know, mainstream Protestant religions all of a sudden turning to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Randy, because the three reasons why Protestants are moving into apostasy and joining the Catholic Church, number one is the Eucharist. They believe that the Eucharist is the physical presence of Christ on the earth. They also believe that the Catholic Church is propaganda, that they're the one true church founded by Christ. They don't recognize that the church went into apostasy. And the third is they point to the early church fathers as a source for proving the third century church was Roman Catholic. Not one Protestant has ever left to join the Catholic Church because of Scripture. It's all because of these other issues that you will not find in the Bible. Jesus established one church. It will last forever. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But the Catholic Church officially and dogmatically went into apostasy in the 16th century. Appreciate the call here, Randy. And uh, Mike, something too that we have seen is the real proliferation of, of Catholic radio stations across the country. Yeah, more and more um, Roman Catholics are being very aggressive toward recruiting Protestants, and they've got a, a coming home network now, and uh, Catholics are constantly asking me if I will debate them. And I say I will under three conditions. Number one, we do it in a Catholic venue. Number two, that we stick to Scripture alone. Number three, that we talk about salvation. And so, so far, no one has accepted my offer to debate them. Very interesting. Let's go to Mary in Milwaukee. Mary, you're on the air. Yes. Um, question. I find it coincidental that... Martin Luther founded, nailed the theses to the church door in Wurttemberg on Halloween because the next two days are All Hallows' Eve and All Souls' Day, which are very Roman Catholic. I was raised as such. God delivered me from that. What do you think? I will hang up now, and whatever you do, please do not go back to the Catholic Church. You either, Mr. Schneider. I know hey, Mary, you're all... Uh, I, I, I was never in it, Mary. Thank you. Go ahead, Mike. Martin Luther strategically nailed the 95 Thesis October 31st, the day before All Saints Day, because the next day Catholics were going to go in to venerate 1,900 relics of dead saints. And the reason for that 
is because they would receive indulgences if they venerated the relics. And Martin Luther wanted to post this on the door as Catholics walked in so they would recognize that indulgences is a false teaching and that Catholics would observe that and hopefully repent and turn away. Let's go next to West Union, West Virginia. Oliver, thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. Uh, yes, I wanted to ask uh, your guest about, uh, I know most of your Protestant denominations practice infant baptism. Uh, where did uh, Martin Luther stand on infant baptism? Well, unfortunately, he held to that, but he got justification right. So that was uh, one of the real keys of the Reformation was the Reformers recognized that the Catholic Church had deceived people on the doctrine of justification. And so in the doctrine of justification, just real quickly, the contrasting view is this. The Bible teaches justification is the change of one's legal status before God, whereby a condemned sinner becomes acquitted and is clothed with the righteousness of Christ. But Rome says, no, it's not a legal change, but it's a change of the inner person. We know that justification is instantaneous, but the Roman Catholic Church says, no, it is progressive. You have to continually become right before God until final justification. So we praise God for the Reformers getting justification right, because, as I said, it's the very hinge upon which the gates of heaven open and close. So did did Luther believe that justification could be gained through infant baptism? No, that's what the Catholic Church teaches today, but Martin Luther believed that infant baptism was necessary. Hmm. Thank you, Oliver. You're welcome. We've got uh, Kaya in uh, Gaston, uh, South Carolina. You're on the air. Okay. Um, you guys kind of answered this question, the, the last uh, the last question, but um, how? Uh, what is the Roman Catholic Church's view of of salvation, like how do they, what do they believe, like how do you become saved, when do you get eternal life, because you said they have conditional life, they don't have eternal life, and we know we have eternal life the moment we place our trust in um, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, but the Catholic Church doesn't, so what is their view of, of how you how you get saved, how you become saved, and like when, when it's completed? Okay, sure. thank you. Good question. The Catholic Church teaches that infant baptism is the sacrament of regeneration, whereby the soul that is dead in sin comes alive in Christ. It's also the sacrament of justification. So without faith, a baby is said to be justified. And so that's the first requirement for salvation. Then afterwards, Catholics must receive sacraments. They are necessary for salvation. They must do works in order to be re-justified because of mortal sin. They're now dead in their sin and they're de-justified. And they also must attend the sacrifice of the Mass because each time they attend the Mass, the sins that they committed in the previous week are paid for through the propitiatory sacrifice of the Eucharist. And then at the end of a Catholic's life, he still needs the sacrament of extreme unction in order to prepare him for the afterlife. But when a Catholic dies, as I mentioned, in venial sin, they don't go to hell, they go to purgatory, and they must be um, have indulgences offered to get them out of purgatory. Mm. So it's just a, a very convoluted message of salvation. You contrast that with the simple gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell you what, we had a break right here. Mike Gendron with us. We'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. The truth is so offensive to people, even when it shows up in red, and that is blood, blood red. All of us watch the horrors of what happened in Israel, and yet a Jewish group, their billboard has been taken down in New Jersey because it spoke the truth. The billboard just simply said, do not be naive. Hamas will chop your head off too. And yet, after a hundred complaints, down comes the billboard. Americans do not want to hear the truth. 
Sadly, many, because of postmodernism, no longer believe in truth. And yet anti-Semitism is rising. The other side is shouting from the rooftops, literally, and on bridges and shutting down highways, pro-Hamas messages. And now Jews are being attacked and even trying to warn them, Hamas will kill you. And yet those billboards get pulled down. I'm Brandon House. If you just joined us here today, we gave a brief Israel update at the beginning of the program and now on Remembering the Reformation. Mike Gendron with us today, founder and director of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. If you missed his contact information, website, and special offer today, we'll be repeating that before this segment completes, so be sure you stay tuned uh, here with us. We'll give out that uh, that contact information. Let's continue on with the calls in uh, Loveland, Wisconsin. We have Seth calling in. Hi, Seth. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, I got three questions, and I'll make them short. If the Messiah uh, came in the flesh, and Jesus died on Friday and rose again on Sunday, and the only sign given was the sign of Yonah, of having three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, how do we fit those three days? Okay, you know, we're not dealing with that issue here today. Seth, do you have a question on Catholicism, uh, how that teaches in comparison to Christianity? Well, that that question there, and then if Yahshua came in the Father's name and died on the Wednesday... Okay, T- tell you what, you're going a different direction than, than our, our program topic today, so uh, we'll call back, uh, but we've dealt with that issue in other programs, but want to just stay focused on our topic here today. Mary is calling next in Lexington, Kentucky. You're on the air. Yes, um, what I'm going to say is I spent... Probably the first 50 years of my life in Catholicism. Um, Ten years when I was 40, I met a man, and I don't and I don't think anything happens in the life of a child of God by luck. I think it it happens on purpose. Um, he, um, you know, we got married, and he wanted me baptized in in the uh, Baptist church before we got before we did get married. But I realized after that that I still had the same scruples, um, I questioned everything that I did as being unforgivable by God. So um, a particular friend of mine that was a teacher and a minister got me into teaching the two- and three-year-olds. So I learned by that that I had to learn the milk of the Word. And through that, I did learn the milk of the Word. My mother committed suicide um, in 1995, and it sent me into severe depression, and mm-hmm. it took me almost two years to come out of it because I blamed myself for that suicide. Mm-hmm. When I did come out of it, um, I was not able to sleep. I had lost 25, 30 pounds. Sure, um, and, and then let me ask you, Mary, do you have a question for Mike today? In front of the Excuse me, Mary, do you have a question for Mike today? Scripture started coming into my mind, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time remembering Scripture, yeah. but this was coming out. All of it was about salvation. Yeah. And I started crying. I had not cried since my father died in 1979. Sure. Mary, let me, and I know you've got a lengthy story. I've only got a few minutes left. Other people lined up. Do you have a question for our guest today at all? Moment. And I can pinpoint the time. Okay. Mary's not quite listening to us here. Let's go to Aaron in Gillette, Wisconsin. You're on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, the first time I was ever in a Lutheran church, I was visiting, and they said the Apostles' Creed, and something really struck me. It's the first time I heard it. It was about um, accepting the uh, fact that the Holy Roman Catholic Church, giving your allegiance to them, they were they gave communion at that time afterwards. And I thought, I'm just I can't do that in this church. They're swearing their allegiance still to the the Catholic Church. And the other thing I was wondering in, in your book there, Mike, is, are you address the topics of Jesus having brothers and sisters through, obviously, Mary. Yes, I do. I do address that. And the Apostles' Creed doesn't mention the Roman Catholic Church. It mentions the Catholic Church, and that's small c, which simply means universal church. So there is a difference there, Aaron. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for addressing that. I appreciate that. Thank you for the call. Uh, Let's see. Robert Imarana, Arizona, you're on the air. Yes, uh, my my mom was a nun, and I grew up much in the Catholic Church. 
Uh, and so I know inside and out. I spent much time in the uh, in the what do you call it the the churches, <laughs> and, and so I learned that the Roman Catholic Church is very much the old Babylonian religion. Amen. They've they've changed the the names and the structure of it, but it's the same spirit. It operates the same way. They just because they changed the name Caesar to Pope. And they changed the, the the gods, the Greek gods, over to the names of the apostles. But it's all the same same spirit. Um, it's just demonic. It's uh, it's it's just like Islam. They they go hand in hand. They 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 agree in one. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I did a message that shows the ten common bonds between Catholicism and Islam, and that's available on our website, proclaimingthegospel.org. Thank you for that, Robert. Matter of fact, we interviewed Mike a full hour on crosstalk on that issue as well. Thank you. Uh, Brad in West Dallas, you're on the air. Brother Jim, uh, your guest mentioned a few things about Martin Luther and coupled, you know, those things coupled with what the Martin Luther wrote in that book near the end of his life about the Jews of, and the things he believed. It seems like Martin Luther never really severed himself from Catholicism and fully into uh, salvation through faith by grace, or by grace through faith in Jesus alone. Okay, Brad, just on, I've got a minute and a quarter. Mike, your quick comment. Yeah, here. Martin Luther was anti-Semitic because the Catholic Church was anti-Semitic, and so he didn't address everything. He's focused on soteriology and justification, and so by the five solas, we know that Martin Luther definitely was converted to Christ. I wish we had more time. We're under a minute here. Thank you, Brad. Uh, By the way, it was a program on uh, May 16th, 2018, uh, that Mike did an interview with us. Uh, Is there a common bond between Islam and Catholicism? So you can go back and hear that interview as well. Mike Jenneran with us. And uh, Mike, uh, uh, you've got uh, two DVDs you're offering here today for a $10 gift to the ministry there. Yeah, the first one's really encouraging for what's going on in the Middle East. It's God's faithfulness to Israel. A lot of people believe that God has given up on Israel, but we know that the promises are— I'll tell you what, I'm sorry, Mike, but for sake of time, that is there. Also, why are evangelicals reversing the Reformation? That's available for $10. And with that, have you ever been deceived is the gospel tract. And Mike, if you would, give us the website and phone number. The website is proclaimingthegospel.org, and our phone number is 817-379-5300. And thank you so much, Jim, for having me on, and may God use this program to not only encourage people, but also to exhort them to be faithful witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. Mike, thanks for being with us today. And friends, again, you can reach out, proclaimingthegospel.org. Follow up there. You've got an email address. Ask them your further questions there as well. Our time's gone. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.